Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to another show from the Live Life Recipe Podcast. As I'm sipping on my coffee and trying to talk at the same time, I'm multi-talented <laughs> like that, so get over it. All right, so <laughs> sincere Hogan and my man Mike Marler in the house. What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. We have another great guest today, but before we introduce him, a couple housekeeping things. Number one, we're doing a course in Las Vegas, which is going to be off the chain. It's going to be me, Mike Mahler, Sincere Hogan, Ken Blackburn, Steve Cotter. It's going to be a two-day workshop, September 2021, Saturday and Sunday. What you want to do is email us, mike at llapodcast.com, sincere at llapodcast.com, and put VIP in the subject line. We're going to add you to a list where you will get first dibs on the lowest price possible to get into this course. You will be able to sign up before we make this well-known. I promise you this course is going to sell out fast, and it's going to sell out at a much higher price than what you will have access to with this initial offer. So do that. Don't even think about missing out on this course. It's going to be a great time. Second thing is use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, my testosterone booster, my recovery oil, my systematic enzyme product, Restorezyme. I had a guy send me blood work recently for my testosterone booster where his total T levels went from 275 to 879 in 45 days. Stuff is legit. Go look at the testimonials on my website and show me any other testosterone booster out there, any of my competitors that comes close. Unlike them, I don't have a bunch of bullshit testimonials that I paid some copywriter to write. These are legit people sending in testimonials, and that's very apparent when you go take a look at my page. So go to MikeMahler.com, take a look at my products, use coupon code LLA, get the best nutrition supplements money can buy, and make this your best training year ever. And what can they get with your, with your stuff, Sincere? At the same time, hop over to NewWarriorTraining.com and type in that same coupon code, and you'll get 30% off of my physical copy or my digital download of my bodyweight training DVD. And along with that, you get an exclusive interview that Mike and I put together a while back. And this is, this is really good information that will really help you guys out. And also, on top of that, you get a four-week training program with that DVD. So it's one thing to go and learn the exercises, but putting it all together is where you get the gold of what you're purchasing right there. So I just had a guy that just emailed me. Actually, last night he bought the DVD. He's over in Australia, and he was saying that he's looking forward to getting the DVD. He already looked at the four-week program, and he, he said it's going to really help him out and give him a break from his kettlebell training, and he, he's very excited to receive the DVD. So – it's good for that. It's good to change things up a little bit, but it's also good to add on to the, your current training program. I use a lot of these exercises for myself when I'm training for kettlebell sport to give my body a break, but also keep my joints resilient and keep my strength up without overtaxing, overtraining my body. And right. one thing about it, this is not just simple every day, oh, just do some push-ups, let's just do some squats and do some pull-ups type bodyweight training DVDs. Okay, this is not what that's about. This is very fun, but at the same time, you will get strong as hell. You will lean out, especially if you put together that – utilize that four-week program, and it'll just, like I said, bring a change to your current training program and make it fun again because, let's face it, every now and then our training programs can get a little boring, and then next thing you know, you're just kind of dipping and dapping and stuff that doesn't make any sense and trying to throw things together. Well, here you go. Here's a program I already put together for you. So make sure you hop over to newwarriortraining.com, type in that coupon code LLA, and you'll get 30% off of my bodyweight training DVD. And other than that, I'll see you in September in Vegas. Because uh, good. Look, you don't want to miss a chance to train with us in Vegas. And just to let you know how hype it is in Vegas, minus all the other crap you may see on TV, you know, our guest today can really tell you about the Vegas lifestyle. Right. <laughs> so if anyone well, we knows, this guy knows. 
We have a guest today who has by far the most interesting name we've ever come across. In fact, he reminds me of a villain on the old Buck Rogers series, <laughs> and his name is Drock Quast. Drock, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome, I was on Drock's show a couple of weeks ago. Super cool guy. Many of you heard that show and, and said how much you enjoyed it and couldn't wait to get him on our show because he has quite an interesting services package. His website has quite an interesting bunch of material that you'll never see anywhere else. What I like about what he does is, is he really looks at optimizing you from the top to the bottom, meaning that he's looking at brain health optimization, hormone optimization, and then just changing your perception, your view on how to get things done. So whether it's you want to attract really attractive women or you want to take charge of your life, you want to stop being a pussy and, and then live fully, you know, it's all embodied in there in his total immersion program. So we're going to get into that. But, Drug, first of all, let, let's talk about this whole how to attract really attractive women part, women part, okay? Yeah, because I live in Las Vegas, too. And this is, I want to I hear some debauchery. I want to hear some serious stories here of this stuff in action. And also, I want to know if this name of yours is something you came up with because it's the ultimate line when you're talking to ladies out there. I mean, who's going to not ask for more clarification on a name like that? Let's yes, get going me. here. Yeah, you hear that, like, what is your mama name? Because trust, I hear that all the time. <laughs> I hear that all the time, so I can just imagine what, it, what it's like. I'm going to start saying that's my that's, name. Next time, I, next time I go to the Rhino Drock, that's going to be my name. Like, what's your name, honey? Drock. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Now I'm going to have stories of myself that have nothing to do with me. We heard the story of this Drock guy at the Rhino, and, uh, and something bad happened go there. in the VIP sure, room. That's like and, far, man. Yeah, like, go check uh, out my red website, drockquas.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, um, the last name is actually my real last name. The first name, I will admit, uh, was not my birth name. It is my legal name now. I did change it. Uh, it actually came from a hacker alias when I was a kid. Um, I was a 16-year-old, graduated high school, valedictorian, two years, 4.0, that, that whole thing. And uh, I, that was my hacker alias. Uh, and it got to the point where so many people called me that that uh, nobody was calling me by my first name anymore. And then it got kind of weird because you'd have somebody like send you a plane ticket, like, hey, come out you know, to my place for this party this weekend. And they'd send me a plane ticket, and it would have that name as the first name, which would cause a problem when they ask for your ID, and you're going, well, that doesn't match up. You can't get on the plane. Uh, so I actually took it upon myself to just legally change it. So that way, every, what everyone was calling me matched what was on the driver's license. So that's the story behind that one. Uh, how about you, Sincere? Sincere Hogan, that, that also sounds very, very manufactured. Is that a real one? Is that, are you being sincere when you say that's your name? <laughs> just like you, man. It's like a, I eventually I had to change that legally because that became a problem. And I had those same issues that you had, because especially when I was in the music industry and Anytime the record label have to send me somewhere and I have to travel, right. then they, they would always do that. Or they'd send me a check. My checks would always have sincere hope. I was like, you're fucking killing me right now. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm at the bank, especially in the 90s. You don't, none of that stuff was in style back then, even be like that. So here's a guy coming in with dreads with this check, you know, with this name on it that didn't match what was on his driver's license. So I was like, you know, <laughs> okay, are you, are you some type of musician? I'm like, you know, if that help you cash this check, yes. Yeah. So, you know, so, but yeah, it came from uh, another part of my life that, from long ago. And 
pretty much the name just stuck, and pretty much no one really even knows the name that my mama gave me, you know, other than my mama. She doesn't even call me that name anymore. So she even calls me sincere. So I was like, if my mom calls me that, you have no fucking choice but to call me the same thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. So, yeah, man. So it, it wasn't so much manufactured so-called. I guess you could say it was an attribute given to me by someone that was like a mentor at one time in my life, man, and it's very, played a very important part in my life. And so I always tell people, like, yeah, my mother didn't give me that name, but someone pretty much like my father gave me that name. And then guess what? They shut the hell up. <laughs> you know, otherwise they ask you that question. Well, are you really sincere? I'm like, yeah, give me a dollar. Every time someone says you got to just drop, drop one, baby. Here you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so, man. So, Mike, you were asking about what, what was, like, you know, the golden piece of advice if you're living in uh, Las Vegas and, and you want to get more ass than a public toilet seat. Um, well, I, I don't need that advice for me personally because no. I have no problem in that department. But for our listeners, on the other hand, you may have some deficiencies there. Let's, get, let's address that. Sure. Well played, sir. Well played. Um, so uh, here's, here's the thing that I've learned being in Vegas for a little, little more than seven years now and making it a hobby to go out on the strip and, and make new friends and try to have sex with as many girls as possible. Um, we have, as you know, every day there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are flown into that airport of ours for, for how small our little town is. The size of our airport is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Um, and when you take into account the basic numbers here of what's happening, there's going to be so many nuns that fly in, which is a very, very small number. Um, there's going to be so many 40-year-old housewives that this is the first time they've been out of their small town in 10 years for some knitting convention. Um, and, and secretly in the back of their mind, they'd love to meet Fabio on the strip and be seduced. And it's all his fault. He did very, very bad things. But uh, her 10 years of neglect at home on the farm, you know, led her to it. And so the, the, the this is, this is, none of this is the next exaggeration folks oh, no, no, no. Being people, people are hearing sincere laugh I'm laughing but you know what yeah. I, I've lived here for seven years too and nothing not one thing you're saying is an exaggeration at yeah. all we're, we're laughing because it's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah when 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 I was uh, when I was first out here you know the idea was well the strips out there I'm gonna go pick one I would like and I'm gonna use all the stuff I know and, and make it happen and what I found out is if you go with a little bit more of a casual attitude and you can just pay attention if you can read women really really well you know that's that question what do women really want I can I can pick them out of the group you know I can I can say okay this one over here she's about 26 years old and just broke up with her boyfriend this one over here is married and, uh, you know, she loved them when she was 18, but that was 20 years ago. And you can kind of, you can kind of pick them out because they, there's this thing globally around the world that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So right, it's right. like they're licensed to be bad. They get, you know, half of a beer in them and they turn into a slut and it's the beer that did it, not, you know, them, it's the excuse. So that's kind of what I found out in Vegas, and um, I, I would, I'd never name any names, but I'll tell you that some of the best hookups that I've had out here have been some of the most insane women in some of the most weird circumstances. Uh, like one girl was uh, her, her baby's father, they were not married, uh, got shot, and she was in this big pit of depression for like two months and her good friend bought a plane ticket and it was the first time that they flew out of the middle of nowhere and came to Vegas. So when she was here, it was basically like the first guy that talked to her, um, which that seems like a real 
fucked up story, but that's, that's how that type of stuff happens. So if you can learn how to read them really well, you can figure out which ones want what. And, and if, if you're thinking, you know, in a small town way where we're talking about like a pool of 100 girls and while you're looking for the one that's in the mood, so to speak, she might not be cute. No, 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 it doesn't work like that because there's so many people on the strip. There's hundreds of thousands of people every, you know, square mile out for a good time that you look for those ones. And when you kind of see, hey, this is one that's in that type of mode and she's really gorgeous, there you go and you're done. Right. Right. So basically, you prey on insecure, naive women to some of Yeah, you count on the weaker ones in the herd. <laughs> the ones that can't run so fast. Um, I was reading your blog post about physically attractive women and the type of women that you like. And, mm-hmm. of course, when someone first reads that who's a little soft and sensitive, they may think, like, oh, my God, how can this dude be such an asshole and say such things? And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, some people, like like you pointed out in the blog post, especially – when it comes to the type of woman that attracts you, you know, they may seem like, well, that's pretty darn racist of him because, you know, of course, you know, with your background and with your genealogy being German, like, oh, that's very racist of him. But, again, the way you explain it, they get past the sensitivity. Some of the stuff makes sense. And I was telling Mike right before the call, like, okay, it's kind of scary how that was making sense to me. It came <laughs> from, even from the, the pale skin and, and the light color eyes and the straight dark hair, I was like, okay, this I, I get it. I get it because I can get past all the sensitivity BS. So, man, yeah. how do you how do you address that when let's just say a, someone a lady comes across and let's say she's pretty attractive, but let's just say she's blonde and she's curvy and she has dark eyes. She's like, well, why wouldn't you want me? I read your blog post. <laughs> so, how do you explain that, man, to her or to yeah. another guy who's too, who has to be very, I guess, as you say, altruistic and is like, well, that's not right, guy. You shouldn't say things like that. <laughs> so, how do you explain that, man? Well, I'll start off by saying I get a lot of hate mail. Uh, and if you read uh, some of the comments on that one, there's some interesting stuff there. Uh, I've actually had stuff addressed to Dear Satan before. It's awesome. Uh, so what, that, that, what that's, because, that's because of that profile photo you have up on your site. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all you need are two horns on your head, and you got it. Man. Yeah, and there, there wasn't a lot of Photoshop on that. That's pretty much me, actually. So. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, yeah, what I what I usually start off with if I'm talking to a guy, you know, and a guy says, "Wow, that's that's just that's harsh," you know, um, you, you're making all blonde women feel bad. I say to him, "Well, you know, you got you got to look at it from one way or the other. Either you have the entire world trying to make you feel bad about what you're attracted to." And let, let's say, you know, like curvy women, let's say that the guy's attracted to women that are a little bit bigger. He really has a thing for huge boobs, and that's what, you know, the most important thing is to him. Um, if, if, the, if everybody around him is telling him, you know, oh, you shouldn't have this preference or shouldn't have that, you should have an open mind, it's somebody else trying to make you feel bad about what your choices are. So... You can, you can play that route where everybody else is making you feel bad for what you want, and then that way you don't make anyone else feel bad for what you want, or you can play it the other way. And you can just say, look, I want what I want, and I'm not going to be ashamed of that or apologetic for what I'm attracted to. You're not going to make me feel bad for that. And if that's at the expense of somebody else, you know, let's say this guy likes big boobs, if that's the expense of... Uh, skinny girls feeling bad because I'm not attracted to them, you know, I, I'm okay with that. You kind of look at it in the grand equation of, well, somebody's going to feel bad here. Either I'm going to feel pressured into, uh, you know, not expressing what I really like, or if I express what I really like, 
the person that is not that is going to feel bad about it. So, and, and I don't, I don't do it in a mean way. Um, like when I talk about what I like, I'm not saying blonde girls are ugly. Uh, I'm not saying redheads are ugly. Um, I'm just saying my preference is for girls with soft, raven, straight hair. That's that's my preference. And then I look at the science of why that is, and you know my genealogy in that, and I can come up with a somewhat scientific answer as to why that's that's attractive to me. Um, and that I think is a heck of a lot better off than somebody having a certain preference because society is guiding them in a certain way or they don't understand the deep psychological things that might be causing them to want one type of woman over another. And it might be something like hair color, like we're talking about, or it could even be personality. Um, it, it could be that when he was in, you know, the third grade, there was this girl that he really, really, really liked, but the girl was very, very mean to him, but he didn't give up on chasing her. So he got this weird idea in his head that he only really, really likes girls that are mean to him. Um, and I think that that can be very, very destructive. And it doesn't even have to be in a negative way. It could be like, you know, he got dumped by he got dumped by a girl with blonde hair when he was a freshman in high school. And after that, he never dated a girl with blonde hair again. Um, the other thing to be said is just because I say what my preference is, like if you ask me, uh, what's your favorite type of ice cream? Uh, I'm going to say cookies and cream. It's my favorite type of ice cream. Uh, I eat it like once every six months as a treat and then have a sugar high and a sugar crash. But that doesn't necessarily mean that if you say to me, you know, do you not like vanilla? Do you not like chocolate? Uh, if somebody puts a bowl of chocolate ice cream in front of me, am I going to eat that? Yeah, I, I might. Um, but I think it's very, very important to know, especially with women, what it is that you're looking for. Um, a lot of the clients that I coach, I will say, what type of girl are you interested in? And basically what I will get back is cute. The last guy I asked this question to, he said, I like cute women that like to travel. And I'm like, okay, so you basically just said you like cute women because all women like to travel. Basically. <laughs> and what I've seen, which is just absolutely fucking amazing, is when you can really drill down on what you like to a very, very specific thing. It's like in business, it's like having a goal. And this does a couple things. Number one, when I'm out, say, on the strip, uh, if I pass by a redhead that's kind of cute, maybe I talk to her, maybe I don't. But if there's a girl that looks exactly like what I'm looking for, I'm not even thinking. I'm already walking towards her and talking to her in front of her, saying to myself, almost like a passive observer of what I'm doing, going, wow, this girl is like exactly what I'm looking for. Like if I were ordering a car up, you know, it's this package with this color and, you know, that trim. Um, the other thing that's really kind of funny to me uh, is saying that you like a pale skinned, skinny girl with dark hair and bright blue eyes does two things that you would not expect. Um, obviously, if a girl fits that and she likes you, it's going to make her more attracted. Um, if, you're, if you're a guy of any value and she sees that, what you don't expect is her to actually say, oh, I'm exactly what he's looking for, if you've built your value up enough, and she'll, she'll really go after you. But it also has the effect of if you've got a really, really attractive girl that is none of those things, she takes it like a challenge. And 
that blog post that you're talking about specifically, the physically attractive women, uh, as a joke, it was kind of a, a dare. One of my friends, Mike Murray, said, dude, what you have to do on the end of this blog post is straight up say, and if you're a girl that fits this description, please contact me now. <laughs> you know, really play it up. Let's go for it. And that, that thing's been up there months, and amazingly enough, that's happened. And I've had everything from you're such a pig, no one would ever, you know, blah, 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 all that. I've also got the girls that uh, say I'm exactly that. And I've had the girls say, you know, I'm nothing like that, but I bet if you went out with me, you know, this. <laughs> the whole challenge scenario. Exactly. I mean, that's why it always reminds me of if you – one of the best ways to meet other attractive women is to hang out with an attractive woman. So if you have a oh, really yeah. attractive platonic friend who just gets all dolled up and you two just go hang out, the second she goes to the bathroom for five, or leaves for five minutes, you're going to have women yep. approaching you. It happens to every guy that's ever done that, especially in this town, Las Vegas. Yep. So, I mean – the worst, one of the one of the worst positioning things is just walking around by yourself, especially when you look like me. I'm a tough-looking dude, so like, who's that psycho walking around by himself? <laughs> or or you can look like the guy we up. saw. Or you can look like the guy we saw at the Rio that night when you and I were having dinner. That one little guy yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. he was with the escort for about five minutes, but he looked like he just stepped out of a black van uh, with, with like free candy on the side of the van. <laughs> <laughs> that guy looked like a Unabomber. I was like, boy, this girl is earning her money tonight, man. I don't care what she's getting paid. It's not enough. She needs to get paid 10 times whatever it is and that's not enough yeah but uh, yeah you know you bring up i think what you're bringing up also is is what a lot of guys are afraid to do not just in the context of meeting women but period is just be fucking honest about who you are and what you want to be and what you want in life so many guys now have lost masculinity to say the least where they just accept things they accept jobs they hate they settle in relationships because they feel that's the best they're going to do. They don't have the balls to go after what they really want, whether it's a woman, a job, a training goal, you know, whatever it is. And that's why so many guys are miserable because you're not, you're not programmed to be such a fucking pussy. Yeah, that's, why those guys, that's why those guys are going straight to the bar after work, and they're spending about three hours at the bar, and then right. when they leave the bar, they go to the strip club, and then eventually they make it home are they at home with their ugly-ass wife and they're sitting around watching five hours of TV and not even talking to each other? You know, I mean, you know how many marriages would end if TVs were abolished? Probably about another 40%. Because that's what's keeping a lot of couples together. Let's just watch these crappy shows together. It gives us something oh. to bond. That, that way we don't have to fucking talk to each other. We can just watch yeah, but, these shitty-ass shows all night and keep distracting ourselves. I think, yeah, it goes back to what Jarrah was saying. It's just, you know, ex these guys are accepting what society is telling them to do. So it's like you need to have the 4.1 kids, 2.3 kids, the dog and the wife by this, search, right, this age, right. and then you're successful. You've got to have this job make this amount of money in order to be successful to no, make it. Like I, I've never wanted kids in my life, right? I, I'm 40 years old, never had kids, never won kids. I have no desire to ever be a father. And people, people often, like, try to feel sorry for me when I say that, like, oh, God, you, you're, you're, you just don't get it. And it's like, no, look. If you want to have kids, I'll never say don't do it. If you want to do it, go do it, man. I would never tell you not to do it. I would never say, oh, why did you have kids? I would never say that to anyone. So don't fucking tell me what I should be doing or not doing <laughs> with my life. But it's amazing how many people are like that. And, and, then, and then they're kind of envious of your freedom. They're like, oh, well, you know, it's easy for you to go out and do this. Oh, God. Like, yeah, you're, you're like, damn right, motherfucker, it's easy for me to do it because that's the way I play my life out. It didn't happen by accident. I want complete freedom to do whatever the fuck I want to do whenever I want to do it. That's the way I live my life, right or wrong. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? It was funny about that when they say that, well, you, you don't have no idea. You don't have kids. I'm like, yeah, I do have kids. But here's the thing. You, here's the thing about freedom. It's a choice. 
whether you have kids or not, there's nothing wrong with traveling and taking your kids with you. You know, there's always something where, I mean, don't even give, I hate when people throw that out there like, well, I can't do this because of my kids. Okay, right. you don't sound too happy to have children. You sound like they're a fucking problem. Because yeah, everything out of your mouth is like, well, because of my kids, because of my kids. Right, you know what? Right. Think how that kid's going to feel because when they start throwing it back at you when they're 13. Yeah. Like, because of my fucking parents, because of my parents. And then you, will, then you start feeling bad. And then you're like, right. what? How could you say something like that? Because I heard you saying that when I was three months. Uh, my, my dad never stopped. <laughs> you know, my dad's lifestyle right now is not any different than it was when I lived in his house, man. You know, he, exactly. he always did what he wanted to do. We went to Montana every summer so he could fish all summer we went all over the world because he wanted to do it and this is when I was like five years old I was flying all over the world so I mean so his lifestyle thinking about what you just said since you brought up very interesting points you know he's 70 now and his lifestyle is not any different now than it was when he was 35 and I was a little baby because he yep. that's just the kind of guy he is he always he's always done what he wanted to do Hey, man, that's the first thing out of my wife's mouth when we got married. She's like, look, I, I love to travel. I'm not changing my lifestyle. For anyone, I've been doing this since I was able to get on a plane by myself. And we, even when we have a kid, that kid's going everywhere with us. I'm like, cool, let's do it. <laughs> they don't have a passport exactly. as well. So, yeah, man, it's, it's, like I said, it's a choice. It's a choice. It and, 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 you know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what you're all about, Drock, in a lot of ways, is your total immersion program is about getting guys, in a nutshell, to grab their balls and take charge of their life. You know, using a multifaceted, very scientific approach as well. Let's let's get into that, and mm-hmm. not just in the we we've kind of had a fun talking about the whole attracting woman. Yeah, we, we've stuff. lost all of our female <laughs> listeners in the first twenty minutes. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if we've lost any of my, the challenge. Except for those who love the challenge. Is, you know what? When you piss people off, they're more likely to listen to the show than when you're a bunch of nice guys. I mean, if if you and I were on here sincere, just talking about how how great we are and how great the world is. And, oh, let's not use any bad hey, language, folks. We don't want to piss anybody off. We come in. I, think, I bet we piss people off every episode. And if we're not, then we're not doing the right thing. So, I mean, hey, this man. episode may be our most downloaded episode, which is great. It's good for the show. It's good for Drock. It's good for all of us. And just for the record, I'm fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> I'm a bad motherfucker. Okay. And I have testimonials to prove it. <laughs> I didn't have all those people clapping for me when I made those ballsy moves at the pub at 2 in the morning playing blackjack. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you want to see a baller, man? Come follow me around every night. <laughs> so, but, but, Drug, let's get into your total immersion program because you and I have a lot of similarities in terms of the information we like to distill on how to take charge of your life because I feel that mm-hmm. optimizing your hormones and your brain chemistry is crucial to feeling your best. If your hormones are not optimal, it's a battle of fucking attrition. And every battle of attrition has the same outcome. You're eventually going to lose that. So let's get into your immersion program a little bit. Um, what's that all about? Well, the, uh, it, it's a 60-day uh, complete turnaround for a guy. And what we're starting off with, as you pointed out, uh, one of the things that we look at is hormones, because as you know, if your testosterone is through the floor and your estrogen is jacked up, your ability to go talk with girls on the strip or negotiate business deals as an entrepreneur, it's, it's ridiculous. So no matter what I would possibly teach him about the tactical things that you can do and the negotiation that you can do, um, it's, it's pointless if that's screwed up. Um, there's a couple other things that we look at right at the beginning of the program in the pre-program process. Um, we actually look at uh, spine health, uh, so we make sure that they don't have any serious misalignments of the spine. Um, and this, this isn't like balancing chakras or anything like that. It's, it's very, very scientific. Um, the nerve endings basically go out between the vertebrae. And if 
you're pinching any points, it's like pinching nerves as they're going out into your body. So if you've got misalignments of the spine that are too serious, you actually cut off the brain's ability to regulate parts of the body. Um, now, that might be you know, a tingling sensation that you get in your pinky finger, or it might be communicating with your heart, which is a little bit more serious. Um, so we can do things like look at an x-ray and say to someone, hey, you know, do you get a lot of lung problems and lung-related illnesses? And they'll say, yeah, I actually do. Well, hey, this is, this is why here. So if it's too far out of whack, um, we've got medical staff that can deal with that and get that tuned up. Again, the same thing like with the hormones. If the hormones are out of whack, it wrecks your performance. If your brain can't communicate to your body, that's going to wreck your performance. A basic right. idea of, you know, if you're sick all the time and not feeling good, obviously work is not going to go so well and relationships aren't going to go so well. Right. Um, then we go really, really high end here, and I will keep this as non-scientific and simple as I possibly can. We do spec brain scans, which... Uh, let's us look at blood flow in the brain so we can see which areas are getting oxygen. Um, and we do QEEG, which lets us look at electrical activity, things where the brain's active based off of uh, electro activity. And this is done to basically map out the client's brain. Um, so if I've got somebody that has a, a quote-unquote normal brain and everybody's brain is a little bit different, it's going to be, uh, no, there's, there's like no perfect candidate. Everyone's a little unique. Um, I might see something, you know, that's not too important, like a little bit of ADD that's going on. Um, I might see something like with, with my brain, I have a little bit of OCD, um, differences between ADD and OCD. ADD, you have not enough activity going on in the front of the brain, and you have a tough time focusing on something too long uh, or for enough time. And with OCD, it's at the other end of the spectrum where you have too much activity and you have uh, obsessive thoughts and you think too much. So right. for somebody like with me that would have slight OCD, um, that's somebody that tends to be really, really in their head when they approach a girl on the strip, which is bad. Uh, somebody right. with ADD, uh, they can't concentrate on the work that's in front of them for whatever entrepreneurial venture they're doing. Um, right. So things like that aren't too major, but it lets us kind of know what, what we're dealing with. Um, there are some things that we actually won't let people into the program for, and that sounds really, really cruel. And again, I've been accused as being you know, a, a Nazi SS officer that I won't <laughs> let people into my club. But the reason why is because Total Experience Immersion is a $10,000 program. Um, and, and that doesn't even include like flying back and forth and hotel stays and things like that. And if I've got a client that's anywhere, say, like on the autism spectrum, um, that means they, they have a tough time with social interaction and this program right. isn't going to work for them. So it would mean that I'd be charging them $10,000 for something that just isn't going to work for them. And I've had a lot of clients that have come and they found something out about their brain that's a very serious thing that they never knew. And it was a real relief. Um, for somebody to find out, oh, you know, well, this is why I'm really good at math and not so good with women. Uh, I have a touch of Asperger's syndrome. And it makes their lives a lot better from that point because they understand. Now, the majority of the people that go through it, they, uh, these guys get into the program, and we actually use their too close to perfect brain against them in that case. And how we, how we kind of turn that around on them is we say, you know what, there's nothing wrong with your brain. There's nothing wrong with your spine. You're, you're physically able in every way to do this, so stop being a fucking pussy and go do it. 
<laughs> so that, that like, well, there's something wrong with me. I've never been able to be social. I've always been quiet. No, there's fucking nothing wrong with you. Here's a picture of your brain here, right, right here. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of the medical stuff that we start off with. Um, then we go into some uh, proprietary tests that we use, psychological testing, some that aren't proprietary, like uh, the Myers-Briggs temporal analysis that let us map out their thought patterns and how they're looking at it. So uh, long story short, get the body in peak shape, um, map out how the client looks at reality, um, which we use then to teach them our brand of being an alpha male. Um, and then the process is everything from uh, hands-on in-field stuff, uh, like on the talking with girls side to on the business side, we're building them to be entrepreneurs. So we're teaching them, you know, the Entrepreneur 101 uh, toolkit. We're giving them what they need, figuring out what they can actually make money at, figuring out, okay, what are you passionate about that we can actually make money out of that whole thing. So that, that kind of in a nutshell is basically what's going on. Uh, and that's a mouthful, but that's the short version of the story. Very well, it's definitely the total opposite of going and going to a, I guess, a motivational speaker type thing on the weekend, spending 10, 10 grand for someone to try to just make you feel good and feed you a bunch of BS. It's the total opposite of that, which, which a lot of people are used to, all the self-help stuff, which, right. you know, Mike addresses that in his book. So obviously you wouldn't get a chapter in that book, <laughs> you know, of who Mike was talking that most people should stay away from. I, I think this sounds like something that most, a lot of guys need, but not a lot, not well, a lot of guys are ready for they're not ready for that. Here is that Drog, Drog and I came across each other because a lot of people who buy his book buy my book and vice versa. Yeah. And that's why he approached me to come on his podcast. So there's definitely a lot of continuity. And what's, yep. interesting about, what's interesting about your book, Drog, I was reading the reviews and it, it made me laugh because I can, I can relate to some of those reviews from my book where the majority, <laughs> the majority of your reviews are, are stellar. And then you have a couple of people on there who just fucking hated it. And I've got <laughs> reviews like that as well. I mean, yeah. I've got 112 reviews and majority of them are four or five stars, a couple of three. And then there's people who are like, one, this book sucked. And, you know, screw mm -hmm. this guy. And how do you, uh, do you, do you take reviews like that personally? Like perfectly, be perfectly honest here. Do you take reviews like that personally where it bothers you? Or do you just kind of laugh and say, okay, you know, this is part of the game and. Yeah, I, I used right. to in the beginning, like, you know, when the yeah. first, I've got a couple books that are out now. When the first book came out and I was getting, you know, my first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven reviews. Right. And then I'd read one where I, I remember, I remember the one that actually got me emotional. And, and that's <laughs> why I remember it. And I look back at it and I laugh now. And the person was saying something to the effect of, uh, now, now this is for, the name of the book is Domination Basics. You know, basics is the big word in the title, right? And the right. three sections also have basics in the title of those sections, social basics, business basics, power basics. And this person puts up a review and says, well, this is nothing new and it's all very simple and it's all very, you know, like entry level stuff. I've read it all before and I'm going like, dude, did you read the title? If you're already a pimp, this is, you know, yeah. the beginnings of it. And, and if you can make it to book two, power communications, you know, that gets into quite a bit more detail and, and goes from there. And so I'm, I'm like having this argument with my computer screen, right, going, you just don't understand. You're too stupid. <laughs> and then I realized that, you know, after, after a while, the, the reviews that don't make sense, they get kind of voted to the bottom and, and buried down. And it's not, it's not about the ones that hate me. It's not about the ones that don't get it. 
it's about the ones that do get it. So right. these are these are guys that you know they they read that first one, the basics, and they might be in their twenties and go, wow, you know, some of this stuff I kind of knew, but there was a lot of the stuff that I was missing, or they realized that the advice in there it seems simple, but they never tried applying it. And then they try applying and they go, whoa, well, actually, simple advice, you know, works. And then they start going through the process of, of the other books. But that, that idea, you know, that we were talking about a little while ago, that it's okay to piss a bunch of people off. I'm not worried about, you know, the women that read it and decide to hate me. I'm not worried about the guys that read it and don't get it. I'm more concerned with the guys that pick it up and it changes their life. And right. it, it might be a guy that it might be a guy that grew up with his mom and his mom was very bitter at men because he got, they, you know, they got divorced early on and he was raised around that type of environment with a real negative mom, real negative about men. And this might be, you know, his first time ever reading something that puts the pieces together, starts disassembling some of that bad stuff and, you know, gets him thinking straight again. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, th I always say this to Mike, like, look, and we, we agree on this. If you're not pissing people off, then you're not doing anything. And right. that, that, that means obviously you're quiet. You're trying to please everyone. That means you're living right. a right. very you mediocre stand, life. Yeah, you don't stand yeah. for anything. Exactly. Exactly. So you, if you're not pissing somebody off, dude, then you're not you're not working hard enough. Yeah. So it's like that's when you know you've made it when people start throwing negative comments. Oh, this dude, he's an asshole. Oh, yeah. What does he know? What does he know? Well, obviously. I must have known something because you're all up in my ish and you're yeah. reading it and, and you're taking time out of your life to actually have to say something about it. Because guess what? I didn't take time out of my life to think about what you were doing because yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. So We've gotten some reviews like that for our show. Like We had one yeah. review early on where this guy kind of tore into Sincere and I was kind of <laughs> laughing when I read it because I was like, I could just visualize what this guy looks like, man, you know, like probably about as, as white as you can get. And I mean energy, not skin color, but just like energy. And right. probably just did, and probably just heard sincere and right away is like I don't like this black guy. You know, I guarantee you that was a large. I guarantee you that was a large part of it. And then there was another reviewer who didn't like the show. Where this time it was targeted towards me more than sincere. And this lady's like, well, you know, Mike seems like he's compassionate to animals, but he, he doesn't have any compassion for women. You know, he's very derogatory towards women and all that, which is ridiculous when. You, when, when you ask any woman I've ever worked with you know, or any woman who's ever been one of my customers, and you're going to get the total opposite response to that. So it's amazing to me when I get these judgmental feminist types who, who think they know what I'm about because I speak in a very forthright manner, and they somehow interpret that as being sexist. It's like, no, you, you, you women don't know what a real man is. So when you hear one, you get pissed off because you don't realize this is what a man's supposed to act like. He's supposed to speak his mind and not worry about the consequences, you know. I'm the first yeah. guy to be a cool, I'm the first guy to be a cool dude to, to, to pretty much everybody. I'm I'm the guy who goes out and I'm cool to everybody until someone gives me a reason not to be. You know, I'm not the guy who's a dick to anyone, whether you're the maid at a hotel or you're a CEO somewhere. I, I'm cool to everybody. So anyway, I mean, I, I I don't take stuff like that personally anymore. But early in my career, it was it was very daunting because. I, I wasn't in the public eye, so when I would hear these people have these very harsh criticisms of me who have never met me before, that was, that was kind of hard to take because you're like, wow, this person is really making a strong judgment based on an article I wrote or you know, a, a video, I, something I said on a video. They've never met me at all, and they have this very harsh response to what they think I am. Yeah, I think yeah. what, what kind of helped turn that around for me is, like you, you make that uh, move from being a nobody that nobody knows about or would care about to being a little bit more of a public figure to, okay, right. now you're a straight-up public figure. 
is uh, the the idea of when someone has something bad to say about you or uh, I would have written that book totally different and given totally different advice or whatever. I just always think to myself, you should do it. Write your own book. I mean, right, know yeah. that I won't right. read it, but <laughs> write your own book. We'll see how you do with it. Exactly. If you can do better, do better, buddy. Yeah. Have at it. There's enough room out there for everyone. Well, that's what so, I would say. That's, that's actually a good response. It's like, well, do better, man. Just show me how it's done. It's like when people always say that about, oh, <laughs> your, your technique's not right here. And just, I'm like, well, it's like, where's your clip of you? Where's, doing yeah, it? where's your that's YouTube awesome. video? And there, there never <laughs> is. There never is. Right. It's, it's like, okay, Mr. Know-it-all, let's you do it or Someone in the gym, and this hasn't happened to me in a long time, but someone in the gym was like, oh, you know, this would be a better way of doing that. I was like, really, based on what results that you have? Because I just yeah. lifted more than you're probably ever going to lift in your life. So, I mean, you know, do better than me. Then you can offer me advice. I think on the women's side, um, it, takes, it takes a lot of numbers. I think this is very important for guys to understand if they're, if they're becoming more themselves or more alpha male or more whatever they're looking for. It, you got to have a lot of numbers for the incredible to happen. And what I mean by that is if you start walking around with a personality of, you know, this is me, this is the type of man I am, and this is the type of woman that I'm going for, you're going to get a lot of hate. Um, but right. after enough women are exposed to that, you will find one or two that just absolutely amaze you. And then when it dawns on you that you would have never met these women if you weren't that extreme real version of yourself. And, right. and I don't mean this just even like in sexual relationships. I have a podcast that I'm scheduled to record tomorrow with a girl, very attractive girl. I spent a long time making sure that she got hooked up with one of my good friends. Um, and she has a psychology degree. She's smart, has a psychology degree. She's hopping on my podcast to basically do a feminism podcast. But the thing is, she agrees with me, not the other way around. Mm. And having having women like that in my life that it's not even like a sexual relationship, but having women in my life that actually agree with that type of thing and going, wow, well, I would have never even matched up with her if I weren't so extreme as to, you know, this is what I believe and I will die for those beliefs and you're not going to tell me they're, you know, get me to change the ideas. And I've also had some, uh, on rare occasion, I've had some girls that'll contact me through, uh, different material that they see blog posts or things like that. And some of these women have been really, really amazing. Um, so that's, that's the type of thing that won't happen. You're, it's the whole thing of, you know, why don't movie stars use match.com to find dates? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I mean, you bring up some good points, man. Yeah. Because, because they're I mean, awesome. Just, just on the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> Just on the show, I mean, I, I since Sarah and I started doing the show together because we both realized we have a, a similar personality type that would gel well for the show. And if, if I weren't myself and he weren't himself, then that wouldn't have happened you know, because it wouldn't have been a fit. So, I mean, I, I see exactly what you're talking about. And the way I run my business is here's exactly what my personality type is. Here's exactly what my, um, my philosophy is all about. And then a lot of people are not going to be attracted to that, which is good because they're not a good fit for me. But enough people will be who are perfect fit for me and allows me to build a thriving business that's worked very well. So I think, I think a lot of people are afraid to be themselves, which shows serious lack of confidence. Well, so a lot when of you're not afraid don't to know. be yourself, you're going to lose. I mean, your business well, is not going to thrive. Your personal life is not going to thrive. Nothing is going to thrive because 
No one even knows who the fuck you are. So why would? Well, that's the problem. A lot of times, most people don't know who the fuck they are. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard to be yourself if you don't know who that is because you spent <laughs> your life being told who you should be, and you bought right, into that right. bullshit. And you've been, and it's been like this since you came out of the womb, and you were able to understand communication between you and your parents because a lot of times those parents have been trying to tell you who you should be. And the thing right. is, if you're a child coming to the world, who do you trust? Who's the only people you trust when you first get here? Your parents. They right. wouldn't lie to you, right? But what they're doing is passing off the bullshit they were fed from the day they came out of the womb. So at some point, you've got to grow up and really make up your mind, who the hell do you want to be? And who do you need to be in order to be happy? And it's funny, going back to what Drock was speaking of earlier, about um, you, know, you have some of these guys who were raised in a home where there was no male figure, and you know, they were raised by their mothers. Now, here's the deal. You know, I see a lot of that, of course, in my community. You know, it's always well publicized. It's almost like we're, they make it seem like oh, this is the only community in which that happens. <laughs> but it's like, no, we're not the only people to have, like, single-parent homes or anything like that. But the one thing that I've always heard, you know, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, raised with my grandparents and raised with my grandfather and all that. And w- one thing about it, the one thing I can agree with that I hear a lot of times from a lot of men is that, you have to have a man. A, a, a boy needs a father around. He right. needs a father to teach him how to be a man. And that's not taking anything away from single mothers out there. You're doing the best that you can, whatever right. your situation may be. But at the end of the day, it's just like uh, I feel like little girls need to have a mother around or a mother figure because guess right. what? Case in, case in point, when, okay, I'm, I have a daughter. Okay, if I were a single father and she's going through like her, her menstrual cycle and for the first time, I don't know how the hell to address that. I don't know what, I don't know what, right. just like, should she, should I tell her to use tampons or a it's like a, It's like a young I, boy is having a wet dream for the first time. You don't want to talk like, to your mom about that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean mama, so, I woke up today and. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, this, something's wrong. It's like I was touching myself and then I was bleeding, but it was white. <laughs> and I don't understand. It wasn't red anymore. So you, how do you want to tell it to your mom, man? But so my thing is you want to have that, that, that father figure around for, for a boy if you are a single mother because only I mean there's issues that we have that men understand women can do the best to understand just like there's only so much a man can understand what's going on with a female body as much as we right. think we're so fucking arrogant thinking we know everything about the female body man when you start talking about menstrual cycles we don't know what the hell's going on we don't you know we try to run the other way when you start talking about that for the <laughs> most part so we don't really know so again it's very important so and there are other aspects and when we say teach a boy how to be a man not to have him grow up and be an asshole so that's the one thing you know, take away from the show is like, this is not about being a dick. This is about, you know, being, again, being very well, assertive. And that's, and that's the problem that with dad. having a daughter. Yeah. That's the problem with yeah. being a single father with a daughter. You're pretty much, you're taking away her womanhood and you're teaching right. her how to be a dude. And now she's right. a bitch. She's hardcore. You know, she's okay. Yeah, she's very assertive and all that. That's great. You know, she knows what she wants, but then she's a ball buster because she has pretty much been raised to be a dude. So what do you expect? So she's having a hard time having relationships because her only example of a mother and father has been her father, and that makes it very hard. So you can see how that would work with, a, you know, a mother raising a son. Most everything he's got an example of is coming from a woman's perspective. And now you get, he gets older. He, you know, it's, it's hard for him to be assertive because he feels like he's going to offend someone. It's like, dude, it's offensive that you're trying to be something that you're not. That's what's offensive. Women don't want another woman unless they're a lesbian. Okay, that's all it comes down to. So they don't want well, a dude like walking around being feminine. Guys don't want a masculine chick. You know exactly. I mean? guys, it, it studies, there's even a study on ergolog.com that showed that guys with very, very high testosterone are very attracted to very feminine women. Yep. And that's always been my experience, man, as a guy who does have high testosterone levels, is I like feminine women. I don't like masculine women. doesn't mean that I don't doesn't mean that, you know, a woman who does MMA or something like that would be unattractive to me. I'm talking about more of a personality type. 
where she's not trying to be a dude. And I yeah, don't want to be around some chick. I don't want to be around some chick. I don't want to be. I don't want to be around some chick who's burping and thinks that's cute and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I want to be around an elegant, feminine woman like a Monica Bellucci type. I like that kind of shit. So I mean, yes, just like a woman like that wants a real man. You know, you go to you go to Europe. These European women, they want real men. You know, these women, Eastern European women in particular, they're not attracted to these feminine type dudes. So you, you talk to any Eastern European woman in Vegas, but they, they laugh at the men they meet in America. Because yeah. to them, they're just like women. It's like, be a fucking man. You know, well, I mean, listen, women, women don't want a man that's going to be in the mirror much longer than she is, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're getting your nails done and fucking more <laughs> exactly, fucking like, baby, I got to get my mani-pedi. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you for lunch later you're on. Like, really? your woman, you're jealous that your woman's getting more attention than you are when you're walking around. <laughs> These are all bad signs that you've got that you've got some serious problems, man. You need to go serious. through rock, man. <laughs> yeah, the, the one uh, thing I wanted to touch on, it, we know about the hormone side of it, why guys are becoming right. more feminine because their their testosterone is non-existent the estrogen is going up but one of the things where you were talking about uh, sincere growing up in uh, a single parent home with a mom the psychology of that is pretty easy to understand and most people don't even know it's there mm-hmm. what happens is you've got a woman who is attracted usually to a, a typical more like alpha type guy and the alpha guy being the alpha guy fucks her gets her pregnant um, this is how this equation works. And then later on, because he's a very alpha type and can't be tied down and maybe he wasn't that serious, it was a one-night stand or something like that, the mom now gets pregnant with the son, has the son, and what she tries to do with the son is she tries to fix the son, meaning the relationship that she had with the father She looks at all the defects in it. She looks at all the anger that she has, all the hate that she has, and she tries to fix that in her son. So these, these, in an attempt to make the son the opposite, the guy was alpha. So the guy, the guy's son now being away from the alpha male is getting manipulated by the woman to be less alpha. So don't be so assertive, you know, whatever the woman wants is the right thing, all, all this type thing. And it, she she forgets why she was actually attracted to the father in the first place, that all these things that she's now viewing bad and she's trying to peel out of her son were the reasons why she was attracted to the father in the first place. So then what we see is usually around 18, 19 years old, somewhere in the late teen years, that child, that son will go one of two ways. He will either snap out of it because he does have those deep-seated, like, alpha tendencies from his, his father and go, what the fuck am I doing? I'm miserable. Right. And, and snap out of it and go to an extreme alpha-type edge and then usually after a couple of years uh, tame back down a little bit and he's, he's well-adjusted and okay. Or the kid just grows up to be a pussy his entire life and he's so right. brainwashed by that that feminine only type thinking that he thinks, uh, oh, well, that didn't work out with that girl because I didn't think about her enough. I wasn't self-sacrificing enough. With the next girlfriend I have, I'm going to be even a bigger pussy because that will work. Yeah, no, that's man. very common. And it's, and it's a yeah, very sad like, sight when you see that because you see it. Yeah. We see it all the time. And I, you, I mean, I remember back in the day. I remember this just going to the video rental store and this this girl is taking her boyfriend around as if he's on a he's literally like on a leash. Man, she's just pulling him around, going, "What do you want? What do you want? What do you want to watch tonight, honey? I don't know. Whatever you want to watch. How about this? I don't know, whatever you want to do." And I see that all the time where the couples are out together. 
and the woman is basically looking for the guy to lead and say, take charge of this evening and let's have a good time, as opposed to just waiting for me to make every decision that you go along with. It's like you're so afraid to say something I don't want to do that you're not saying anything. Well, whatever you want to do is fine. It's like no one wants to fucking hear that. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know and, I mean? and just to build, you know, just to further take it to another step, which Rock is speaking of, another thing that happens with that, when you have the single mother in that situation, you always, and this is something that I just learned from child psychology when I was in college, when I was studying psychology, you also want to look at the source. Also, you want to see if they're going to, it's, it's a pattern that's going on here. So, okay, you got a father that's absentee, you know, you know, absent in this situation. You also want to look at that mother's background. Like, what was her, you know, what was her life like growing up? Where was her father in this situation? Because a lot of times those issues are not necessarily the relationship issues between that child's mother and father, but it's also issues between oh, yeah. what happened with the child's mother and father's mother and father on both sides of it. You may have the guy, the, the dad, who had a father that was like a rolling stone the entire time. And you may have the, the mother whose dad was probably absent. And then she took on those same things that her mother's like, okay, men aren't it. You know, they're not shit. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you got to go out there and do things on your own and blah, blah, blah. But she's seeing her mother constantly having this, this cycle of men coming in and out of their lives when she was growing up. So that's what she's learned. That's the example she's learned from and from her mother. So she passes that on and continues that legacy with her child. So you got all these bad boys coming in and out, coming in and out, because that's what she knows, because that's what she saw. And now she just happened to have a boy as a child this time around. And mm-hmm. so now she has a, tr- like a lack of trust in men, just from the things she saw. And now she's kind of passing that lack of trust of being a man, passing it on to her son. And so now he just he doesn't want to stand up and be a man because, well, if I act like that, I mean, I know that hurt my mom. I don't want to treat a girl like that. I don't want a girl to get hurt like my mom was hurt. Dude, you can still be a man and not be a dick. Okay, your dad was a dick. He wasn't a man. There's a difference. You know, it may not have been his fault for, for the most part. Up until he became an adult. When he became an adult, he had a choice. But up until well, that, that part, I think that's a good point, sincere. What you just said, you can be a man without being a dick, because often people think that the two are congruent, and that's not yeah. the case. We're not no. just like no. people. People here aggressive. They think, okay, you guys are going out there and trying to get into bar fights every time you go out. And it's like, no, <laughs> means bar, I'm probably. taking charge of my life and moving forward. I mean, we may get into some bar fights when we do that course in September, <laughs> but that, that's just that's just for bonding purposes. Okay, that's not because we're assholes. That's a strong possibility. Possibility. That's personal. just because the four of us haven't hung out in a long time, and we may need to do that just for bonding purposes. <laughs> so that's a separate storyline. But anyway, I mean, you, like, I, like I'm saying, people hear like, oh, that guy's got too much testosterone, right? We always hear that line. And, and the, the underlying tone of that is that if you have too much testosterone, you're a fucking asshole. And it's the exact opposite. When you have high testosterone and an optimal ratio of testosterone to estrogen, you are so confident that Things that bother other people just fall right off of you. You don't, you're not out there looking for trouble because you feel great. You're the first guy who's going to jump in if there is trouble, which is a different story. But you're not out there trying to be a dick because you don't have to overcompensate. And that's the thing. When a guy's acting like an asshole all the time and he's just being a prick to somebody, that's someone with some deep-rooted insecurities who's trying to overcompensate for those things. When your hormones are dialed in, you feel good. If anything, you're more compassionate. You're more tuned in. You're more helpful. You're just assertive, man. You're not. You're, you're just an assertive person that's taking charge of his life, and you now now you're like that protector type person. So you're like you're out there and about doing your thing, but you kind of have protective instincts of the people you're with or even strangers. So it's it's, a, exactly. it's it's very misunderstood testosterone where we hear too much testosterone makes you do this and that. It's like now very few guys have too much fucking testosterone. They have the opposite problem: too much testosterone converting into estrogen. The fact is, it's so prevalent now that I can look at somebody 
and tell you that they have too much estrogen by the way they're storing their body fat. They're storing body fat the way an overweight woman does, the guy is. That's a sign of serious estrogen dominance. So it's, it's, well, that's yes, the very, problem. Not too yes, much very, testosterone, too much estrogen. Yeah, it's very misunderstood because that's what's being portrayed in every aspect of media we see. Exactly. That, that's what's going on. It's just like any, anything is like, okay, if you don't have testosterone, you're weak. So you have all these commercials with all Cialis and all this other stuff like, look at you. Look at you. You're not a man. You're sitting there on the bed with your hand, your face in your hands because you couldn't keep it up. <laughs> you know, so they yeah. pretty much, you know, the, the, the media and, you know, all these big companies out there, they're portraying that, you know, if you're not – you're not a man, you're weak, and the only way you're going to be, you know, you're the guy that needs to be ripped, and you need to be this and do this, and you need to be like the gladiators on a football field. And I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, stop it. So basically, society's been portrayed this BS of what being a man is about. You know, anyone that's really a man, they can't sell that. Someone that's compassionate, no. man, but is still assertive and has something that he'll stand up for, they can't sell that to anyone. Well, you know, like, well, you know, it's your insecurities, right? So when you really take, when, you, when you're really secure, mm-hmm. you, you can write about it publicly. Like, you know, people are always like, oh, I wouldn't want anyone to find that out. Well, you know, a lot of my insecurities, everybody already knows about them. So I wrote about it in my book. So guess right. what? I don't have to worry about anyone finding about it because I already fucking wrote about it. I and we, and we talk about it on the show. Like, we talk about our insecurities yeah. on the show every week. So it's just like, so well. I would laugh if someone's like, oh, I'm going to, if I'm gonna, if you don't give me this, I'm going to tell people this about you. I'd be like, go ahead, man. I've probably already told them that already. Exactly. And, if it, and if I haven't, I'll, I won't deny it. So, I mean, that's, that's the other thing out there, too. Yeah. And that's what's fun. It's like, remember in college when you did this? Yep. <laughs> oh well that wasn't cool that's the past buddy move on I, I had did. some friends from high school that were joking like oh you're kind of a famous strength coach now I bet, I bet you wouldn't want those photos of you like you know smoking weed out of a bog and doing this to come out I was like shit dude I still smoke weed now man the fuck do I care about you putting photos out of bed man shit people now, now, now I actually know I'll, the I'll, take, a fo- I'll take a photo of me doing it now and post it alright how about that you know <laughs> Now as a strength coach, I can give you the health benefits of smoking weed. That's the difference between that in high school. Yeah, now I, now I know exactly why you should be smoking weed. Then I just thought it would be rebellious, piss off my parents. Now I realize there's health benefits. One of the things that I wanted to mention when you were talking about, you know, being alpha doesn't mean being a dick. There was something that I learned when I was coming up in the martial arts community, and that was uh, – whenever you've got guys out on the street that are bragging about, uh, you know, I go to the martial arts dojo, you know, blah, 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 seven times a week, and I've been training this, and I just got my next belt. And the guys that are very, very vocal about the fact that they train, um, right. those are usually the guys that just started. The guys <laughs> yeah. that have been doing it for years and years and years they're a lot more mellow. They have this definite confidence to them. Like you can tell this isn't somebody that you could push around, but they're very, very mellow. And I, what I think a lot of people don't realize about the martial arts community, they think, oh, if you go into the martial arts community, you learn how to fight and you become a dick. The thing is, that kind of happens a little bit in the beginning, but if you stick with it for any amount of time, like we'll, we'll even say like six months or longer, by the time you're done and you've actually went through the process, you've had the shit kicked out of you so many fucking times that 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 ego of like, you know, I will break seven men in half with my bare foot. Um, It's just, it's not there anymore because you've had it beaten out of you. you. You know that there are guys out there that can still mop the floor with you, but at the same time, there, you've been exposed to it so much that if somebody comes up to you in a threatening manner, 
what's going through your head is like, dude, you're half of the size of the guy that I was sparring with last night. Like this, this really isn't a big deal. Or if, if they're, you know, twice your size and you're going, you know, I've, I've been beat up before. Worst case scenario, uh, you know, I'm going to get a couple good shots in and I'll survive it. So I think a lot of that, you know, like moms not wanting to send their son to go through martial arts because he's going to become a dick. Uh, you stick with the process long enough, and it kind of has a way to sort itself out. Yeah, to be honest with you, if your son is going to be a dick, he's, you're, he's already learning how to be a dick at home. It has nothing to do with the <laughs> well, It's like, that's like you or your like husband are teaching him. It's like the whole steroids argument since there. It's like, oh, that guy took steroids and he became a total asshole. It's like, no, he was already an asshole. No, he's a, and the steroids, now he's an enhanced the asshole. Steroids, yeah, exactly. The steroids just exponentially increased what was already there. It's not going to it's increase like what's not there. Now he's just a rich asshole. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that's the only difference now. No, I mean, I was, I was a compassionate guy when I was broke. I just didn't have any resources to support causes I would have loved to support back then. You know, now I do, and so do you, Sincere. So we, that's something that we're both really passionate about. Now we have money where we can support these things, so it's cool. If anything, you know, money has made me a better person because now I can, now I can actually really do some good. Well, before it was, you know, I just wanted to do some good, but there wasn't really a whole lot I could do right there. Now it's yeah, like, now you, yeah. now you can be even more compassionate. So exactly. Before I could just give my time, now I can yeah, actually exactly. give money with my time. You know, right. having exchanged the two, I'm still just doing both now. So it's just, it's just right. adding on, it's adding more value to life. I'm trying to do my best to add more value to other people's lives. Right. And, that's, like guys and guess what? That's being a man. Believe yeah, it or not. Exactly. When exactly. guys tell me, oh, well, I don't know about that whole, like, alpha male entrepreneur, make as much money as possible, you know, I wouldn't want to take more than my share or hurt people. Or, <laughs> what is your like, share? Yeah, I'm going yeah like, exactly. What's your what? share, man? Is this socialism if, or what, man? Right. If you're, if you're somebody that has it together mentally and you're not a dick and you really want to have impact on the world, you're going to need resources to do it. So go out make a lot of money and then use that money rather than the guys, you know, sitting at home that have no money going, well, no, I just want to focus on making the world a better place. Well, okay, what are you doing to actually do that? Right. You can only right. volunteer so many hours a week at the soup kitchen. Right. Beyond that, if you had $10 million in the bank and you really wanted to do something, you could uh, do it with that. Me, me donating 10000 a month to a, a, not saying that I'm doing that, but just an example, me donating 10000 a month to a, animal shelter here in Vegas is going to be a lot more useful than me working there full time. That's just the blatant truth about it because that, yep. that money can really go to some resources. Me just putting in a couple hours in the weekend, you know, that's not going to save anywhere near as many animals as me giving real capital that can be utilized and all that. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't volunteer. I'm just giving a, an honest example of what Drock is saying is that if you make a lot more money, you can you don't have to go out and buy yachts and those other bullshit that people buy. I don't do any of that right. stuff. You can you can make the excess money with the intent of you're just going to live low, but give away all the excess to charities or whatever cause you want to support. I have one question for sincere. When you were talking about, uh, you said you studied some psychology and you were talking about how you know the girl could have been screwed up by her parents before you got uh, got her out on a date. I was just curious if you're familiar with that uh, between three and seven thing. Did you learn that one? Uh, no, no. Okay, so this was this was a really interesting model that that I kind of tested and found to be true like 99% of the time, mm -hmm. and uh, I, now I kind of like use it. I try to like work it into the conversation if I can, and use it to filter which women I'm actually going to date. Mm -hmm. And if uh, the the way that it works basically is if you can figure out what was happening in a girl's life in relation to her father 
uh, roughly between the ages of like three and seven, oh, okay. um, you, you can then look at whatever that problem was. You pick like the biggest problem episode issue from, from those years when between three and seven for her. And she will literally go out and try to find guys mm -hmm. that are in that exact same problem state right. in an attempt to fix them and then live have a happily, uh, happily ever after with them. And it's really screwed up. So if you, if you find a girl that when she was uh, five years old, uh, her father was a raging alcoholic, and at some point he uh, you know, drove his car onto the sidewalk and killed a pedestrian, and the, the alcoholism was a really bad, negative, you know, pull the family apart type thing, mm -hmm. she, will, she will say, you know, I've never dated an alcoholic, but the chances of her dating someone that is either an alcoholic or abuses substances or something like that and is destroying his life with it, she will latch on to that guy and not let go in a grandiose attempt to fix him and live happily right. ever after. If it's right. something not so serious, like dad was a traveling salesman, yeah. so daddy was never at home, but when daddy was at home, uh, he you know, showered the girl with gifts and that, she will find a business executive that makes a lot of money that is traveling to Europe and Asia all the time. <laughs> right. It's right. very, very weird. Yeah, how that, yeah, how that works. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Yeah, the only, only thing age-wise I ever looked at was, like, what happens in those first two years of a child's life that really kind of helps determine what's going to happen with that child, especially, like, okay, what was going on with the parents at that time? How was the parents raising that kid? You know, was anybody even raising that kid in those first two years? Because a lot of those habits that are taught in those two years, man, are so hard to un – even with dealing with food. If you're constantly in those first two years, you're putting fucking Kool-Aid in an Evenflow bottle and giving it to your baby, and, and you're, sitting there, you're, taking them, you're giving them Happy Meals and things like that, you know, in those first couple of years, it's going to be hard as hell for someone like Mike or myself to help folks with – issues with, with eating healthy food because they've already been programmed from day one to think that, well, what's wrong with sodas? What's wrong with Kool-Aid? What's wrong with this? You know, I, or they're the ones that are telling you, like, I don't like water. I don't like the taste of water. Because the first thing they were sipping on besides, mother, you know, other than mother's milk was either Infamil or was fucking Kool-Aid or soda in their, in, their, in their baby bottle. So they don't understand what it is to have water and how nourishing water can be or, you know, how good vegetables are or whatever. And that's, you know, that's the difference. That's why it's funny. Like, I was always looked at as a weird kid because I actually love spinach and broccoli and all that stuff and love having it in my lunch in kindergarten. All the kids thought I was a weirdo. And, <laughs> you know, the same thing with my daughter. You know, here's a girl that's, you know, in kindergarten, she's been eating sushi since she was in preschool. And, she, you know, even oct octopus and everything else, and all the kids thought she was weird, but she embraced it and laughed at it. And meanwhile, while they're sitting there having, like, freaking Mike and Ike's for lunch, you know, and some, some bologna sandwich that was just crap. So, you know, she's looking at that like, okay, what is that weird food you're eating? That doesn't right. make any sense. You call that lunch? You're having candy for lunch. That's not lunch. So, <laughs> right. It's not even real food. It's like, what are you, what are you nah. doing? You know, and they, and it, they're having it, a free It's song. oral entertainment, and interpret that any way you want. You know, like, but most people, what they eat, most people, what they eat is oral entertainment. So, again, no nutritional that, value. Goes back, <laughs> that goes back to what I said. Be careful what you're teaching your kid in those first two years. So if you're already giving them oral entertainment in the first two <laughs> years of their life, 
Things are not going to get any better when they're 22 Boy, years a, old. that's not a good soundbite at all right there. <laughs> and you can take that any way you want it. <laughs> Makes me think well, of, uh, I, I always tell guys that the first 60 days of any, of any relationship, that determines, you know, if you're together the next 60 years, it's still going to be played out the same way, which uh, right. guys always want to tiptoe around very carefully. Like the first few dates, they don't want to let their real personality out, and they're very careful. Right. And I'm going like, no, you want to hit them like a Mack truck with your personality for the full yep. first 60 days. They'll know what to expect. Time. Exactly. So, and, and that's why I always <laughs> laugh. At whole, yeah, I always laugh at the 21-day thing. It's like 21 days is not enough to anything. you got to do at least 60 to 66 days, man. Because yeah. trust me, you can't carry a lie that long and be consistent <laughs> with a lie. So, you know what? You know, here's the problem with lying. Here's the problem with lying. You got to keep lying and add new lies, and you got to keep up with each and every one of those lies. But you know what? The one thing you don't have to keep up with is the truth, because well, it's going to be easy to tell that. Here's, here's the thing, Sincere. I mean, all that lying is good for your brain health because you have to keep track of all of those lies. All right. So if you can do that, I mean, your brain is being exercised daily. Well, people look, dude. Just tell the, people who tell the truth all the time. Come on, man. They're, they're on a one-way. They're on a one-way tra- trap to a dementia because you're not, you're not using your brain that much, man. But if you have like four or five different lies running at the same time and you have to make sure that none of those <laughs> intersect, that's some serious brain activity that's going on. <laughs> i tell you what, if you can, can, if you can keep up with a, a stack of lies for 60 straight days, you, my friend, are a fucking sociopath. Okay, and girls, run. Because <laughs> you're going to end up, gonna end up fuck, in a trunk. I can try to give every fucking card on the table and decide what I'm going to do next, <laughs> smoke a cigar and have three gin and tonics at the same time. Fuck yeah, I could do that. <laughs> exactly. So if you're spending 60 days to keep up with all your lies, you're doing it wrong. You could be using that type of brain activity. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, man. That's true. I'm, I'm entering a poker tournament this year. So exactly. Me to, take it to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Rock, we, we could have you on all day man. it's fun always fun to have you love to have you come back people can find out more about you at drockquast.com that's d-r-a-w-k-k-w-a-s-t.com it'll be in our show notes on sincere's website my website but is there is there anything coming up that you'd like to plug you have a particular course going on or a product or anything in the works um, yeah, we already talked a little bit about my Total Experience Immersion program, which you can find out more about that on my website if you're interested in just completely gutting your life and uh, rebuilding it as an alpha male. Uh, like you mentioned, I've got books uh, that are paired up with yours on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple iBookstore. Uh, the first book is Domination Basics, Secrets of the Alpha Male, Book 1. The second book is Power Communication, Secrets of the Alpha Male, Book two, uh, and then the one uh, that you can get the first half of it right now from my website, it's a pre-release, Magnetic Interaction, Secrets of the Alpha Male, book three. Uh, that'll be a real release, hopefully by the end of the year, if I can get it finished. Awesome, awesome man. Yeah, so people, do this. Go to Amazon.com, buy Drock's books, buy my books. If you're not inspired by either one of us or both of us, take those books and slap yourself across the face <laughs> as hard as you can with it, well, because them. shame on you. If you're not inspired by the work we put out, it's either going to get you really excited. It may even piss you off, but that's good, man. At least yeah. you're feeling something. You know, get pissed off. Get angry. Get pissed alive. off at us. I don't care. Do something. Yeah. You know, get, take charge of your life. Feel something and do something with that. Yeah, the word of caution that I, I'd give you in reading, you know, my book or Mike's book or anyone like that is if, if you're reading it and you read through it and you go, 
well, I bought the book because my life sucks and I want to change something. And you go through it cover to cover and you implement zero of the, uh, the advice, none of it. Right, right. Uh, you really got to ask yourself, okay, if you're sitting there and you're going, yeah, the advice in that book was crap. Well, if you're not getting the results that you want out of your life and you think that is crap, that, that shows you what the problem is right there. You're, you're right. disagreeing with it. Try it for a little while. See what type of results <laughs> yeah, you get. Exactly. exactly. Well said, man. Well said. Would love to have you come oh, back man. again. Thanks so much for coming on thanks, the show. Bro. Yeah, man, pleasure. It, and we'll be in touch, man. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks. All right. Take care. And that one's a wrap. Okay, um, do you guys need from me a bio or anything like that? No, I can Actually, we need you to shut up so we can finish off our show without you. <laughs> oh. I'm just messing with you, man. I'm just messing that part out. <laughs> we should leave that in because it's I'm... hilarious. Because we all, we, oh, oh, <laughs> talk about being me. assertive. And bl- I didn't want to lie to you, Rock, after all that discussion, so I figured I'd just say it, say it now and then. <laughs> We usually wrap up the show at the very end, just say, yeah, thanks for a guest. We give you another plug, and then we just say what we have going on. But that, that's okay. We'll do, we'll do that in a second. <laughs> Ain't that shit now. I'll just shut up and tell you hang up. <laughs> oh, man. All right, folks. I think we're going to leave that part in because it's funny. So we'll yeah, just leave funny, that yeah. in there. But, yeah, that's, that's wrapping up our show. Again, check out our friend Drock Quast's website at drawk. Another K W A S T. It says Drockquast one word dot com. We'll have that in the show notes because again, that that's not a common name that you you're gonna come across often. Why well, spelled it out for you? So I mean, there you go. don't don't email me and say spell it out because I just did several times. <laughs> also, make sure you use coupon code LLA get ten percent off any of my nutrition supplements. I got the best natural testosterone booster ever made. Period. Got my recovery oil, which is going to give you the best night of sleep you've ever had. Got my recover Restorezyme, which is going to help you recover from workouts better than anything you've ever tried. So use ten percent coupon code LLA to get ten percent off of that. Also, make sure you email us either sincere at llapodcast.com or mike at llapodcast.com to get on our VIP list for the workshop we have coming up in September. When we have more information about that, it'll be on all of our websites, but you want to be on that list because you're going to get VI, you're going to get early access to get the lowest price possible before we blast this course out to all of our lists. As a podcast listener, you have the ability to get in our VIP list. It doesn't cost you a thing. So you're going to be able to get into the course at the cheapest price possible before anyone else has the option of doing so. And I promise you, we only have 30 spots available for this course. It will sell out fast. There's no doubt about it. Frankly, if this course doesn't sell out fast, then I'm not doing courses anymore. I'm retired because it means that people don't want good information and you guys can go fuck yourselves. (laughs) All right? So if you want to see all of us keep teaching, sign up for the goddamn course. 30 people, (laughs) we're going to close it there. We don't get 30 people then you're never going to see me teach again, period. I'm going to take that as a clear sign that, you know what, Mike, we don't really care to see you in front of the room anymore. Fine. I'll just keep selling all my other shit and enjoy some martinis and play blackjack all night. All right? And, and Sincere, what can they well, get with, your, with well, that? I just want to, I, I want to make one note that while we were doing the show with Drock, I've already gotten like two people just, just hit me up right now asking about the workshop. Right. To right. be put on that list. So it's, it's serious, people. If you want to get in. Like I said on the last show, get in where you fit in. Jump on it now. Don't half step. Get it going and get in. Because again, this is a this is an experience. This is not just a workshop. It's an experience. This is two days, two full days of training with us, being taught by us. And then after the training, 
you're hanging out with us. Oh, so you don't want to miss it because guess what? That's not going to happen again. Yeah, we may even hire Drock to take a few of you guys out and show you how to apply some of the stuff he talked about on the show today in Vegas. How about that? We may we may hire him and even give that away as a little additional. That may be a bonus for the first five to sign up, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you can get a taste of his immersion program and then, okay, okay, Drock, I want to go ahead and go full on. Here's my 10 grand, buddy. (laughs) So I like what we're doing here. So, yeah. So get that going. Again, hop over to newwarriortraining.com also, and you get 30% off of my digital download, a physical copy of my bodyweight training DVD. Just type in the coupon code LLA, and you can make that happen. So other than that, we're going to shut the hell up so you can send those emails over to us, get on the list, and get ready to come out and experience Vegas with the four of us, along with being Ken Blackburn and Steve Carter, and, you know, my boy over here who's a little hyped up now, and I'm telling you to go fuck yourself <laughs> if you don't come out there. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I will, so, man. That's a good picture. So, Thank you. Exactly. So you don't want to be the ones that, you know, on the receiving end of that go fuck yourself. Okay, so come on out there. Yeah, you also don't want to be the one who's like, oh, put me on that list, bro, and then you don't sign up. When we, because we're going to make fun of you. We're going to name you, actually. We're going we're gonna to take, <laughs> take your name. If you, if you email us, okay, we're going to take that list. Now, within three weeks of announcing the course, whoever hasn't signed up on that list, we're going to name you on the show as someone that just doesn't follow through. Like, you know, these are people that say, oh, definitely put me on that list, bro. I want to learn more. And then when it came time to put some money down and come out to a great course, you bailed out. So we're, we're we going to call name that. Yeah. It will be officially called the because limp list. You're going to be on no. a different list. No, right? it's gonna be called, no, it's going to be called the limp list. Because you couldn't follow through, you yeah. could, you couldn't, you couldn't go all the way, you couldn't go all the way with it. You got halfway there, you got the tip in, but you just couldn't follow through. Where we're going is, don't ask to be on the list unless you're confident that you're going to sign up. Because you go. don't waste our time, man. You know, just don't waste, don't waste your <laughs> or time or yours. Yeah, so, exactly. So there you, know, you go. You know, the price, you know, the price is going to be between seven hundred and a thousand bucks at least for this course. Okay, so know that going in. You're not gonna get in for free. You're not gonna yeah, you know, we have we have people that are like our friends who've taken courses in the past and I'm making this real clear. No one's getting into this course for free. We're not having a bunch of guests. Hey. We're not gonna have thirty people where fifteen of them are our friends. That ain't hey, happening. Man. You're not paying to be there, you're not going to be there. So the one thing I brought from my DJ, the one thing I brought from my DJ in days, there is no guest list. Okay. Yeah, there is no, no guest, guest list. list event. We're not we're not no. gonna disrespect the people that are paying by letting in a bunch of people that are not paying to just hang out. That's not happening. So, I mean, if you're, if you're not planning on paying, you're not coming to the course. That's period. So, anyway, That's serious it. about getting to the best course you've ever been to, physical fitness course, get on the list, and we'll have more information shortly, next month or so. There you go. All right, folks. So, keep it coming, and we'll see each and every one of you next week. Take care.